Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. Welcome. We want to be happy, joyous, and free. It's a beautiful day here in California, and I'm here, scooch up, with the amazing Ryuji, who is uh, just an incredible social media influencer, Peace by Vegan on Instagram and elsewhere, and a young man. How old are you? I'm 22 right now. 22 that has the wisdom that I have not seen in uh, people who are three times his age. That, that would be me. <laughs> no. Okay. So what we're talking about here is a better way of living. A way of living that doesn't involve killing. A way of living that is going to save the human species and the planet from premature extinction. A way of living that is going to give us some spiritual joy. Um, And that is simply a way of living that doesn't involve ending the life of other sentient beings because it's unnecessary. And when you wake up from that, when you wake up, it's like you have a whole new world. It's like you're born again. And so I want Ryuji, tell us how you became this incredible passionate, articulate, charismatic voice for animals, and why? I think you actually summed up a lot of the things that really kind of like encapsulates this movement for me. Uh, And in the beginning, you started by saying that we want to be, you know, like happy and free and all these elevated ways of being. And to me, this is really what it is about. Because for me, my journey of becoming vegan and my journey of becoming an activist has actually been, been very, very tied to my journey of improving as a person. And becoming a better person. It's actually really, it's so like tightly knit that even now the way that I talk about veganism, the way that I talk about a lot of these topics, I really try to tie it in for several reasons. First of all, because, you know, before I was vegan, like years before I was vegan, I was in a really miserable spot in my life. Really? I was. I used to be this, this very, I used to be really introverted. I used to be like really, I, I used to go months without smiling. I remember sitting in class when I was like in, the beginning of high school being like, you know, like, why would I even laugh right now? I just don't feel like it. And I I went through that for many, many months and years. And like, that's how I used to live. And what happened was through different resources that I found and different people who inspired me, I started to realize that if I actually wanted to take control over my life, I could, I could actually, you know, um, basically take responsibility and do things in order to improve my life step by step by step by step. And if there were circumstances in my life that I was not happy about, if I wasn't happy about my inner life, I could actually do something about it. That's how it all started. And the reason I talk about this is because through this journey, I started educating myself. I started reading books. I started uh, you know, doing things like eating healthier foods and so on and so forth. And what happened was that you know, as I went through this journey at a certain point, um, I found different resources and I read different books and I came across this one book. And this one book that I came across was a book called Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind. And as I read that book, that's the book that shed light on the reality of factory farming, on the reality of the animal agriculture industry today. And, you know, 
what happens to all the animals that are exploited in our world, you know, the author basically really laid it out and put out all the details. And on top of that, you know, like, um, had a picture of like a hatchery, you know, like those hatcheries for egg laying hens where all the male chicks are ground up alive. So there was a picture for that. And that really shocks me. And I went vegan overnight, but the reason that I went vegan overnight right there and then was because I was on this journey of getting better as a person. And so because I dealt with some of the issues that some of the issues, I don't think they're issues, but uh, you know, some of the things that I, I was dealing with at the time where I found some sort of inner happiness, I found some sort of confidence. I had created a situation in my life where I was able to not just think about myself, but think about others around me and care about the world that's why that connected with me because the information had hit me before. It's not like I had never seen this. It's not like people didn't share animal cruelty on Facebook. I certainly seen it in my feed as I was growing up, but I never paid attention to it. Why? Because I didn't have the mental space and the heart to do that because I was so caught up with my own shit, my own life, because I was like, you know, like there's so many things about my life that are like, I don't feel good. I'm not happy. Why would I even care about the world outside of me? And so for me, the reason this information landed in the first place, you know, many activists, I see them getting frustrated about how people are not getting it and people don't want to listen. People don't care about facts and so on and so forth. And I really empathize with that because for most of my life, I wouldn't have wanted to listen to this information because I didn't elevate as a person. So for me, that's why these two things are so intricately linked. And for me, being vegan and caring about the world, as Jane said in the intro, is really about uh, growing as a person, because to me, part of growing is not just, you know, creating the circumstances in your life that you want to create, creating the inner life that you want to create, becoming the person that you want to be, but it's really about caring about the world and expanding, you know, for me, expanding my circle of compassion and caring more about the world, caring about the other people in the world and caring about all beings in the world. And to me, not only is that a way of growing, it's to me, that's who we really are. When I think about so many previous experiences I had as a kid, it's, it's funny. I realized after being vegan how I've always loved animals. You know, I didn't always mean what that really should be. But what I know is that since I was a kid, I used to watch uh, sh shows on National Geographic, things about animals, like documentaries all the time. I used to love dogs so much. My cousin's dog, his name was Simba, was one of the, probably the being I loved the most in my entire life. Like, no, I'm kidding. I loved that dog so, 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 so much. And, you know, in many ways, like, I think that that dog is the earthling that really taught me what it means to love. I, I was a kid at the time when I met him. Um, so, you know, I loved him so much. I saw a man stuffing uh, this stick down a fish's throat. And I remember feeling horrible about that because I didn't want to see that. Uh, and so, you know, to me, be, being this person where, you know, I love animals is really about being my authentic self. And to me, my journey of, you know, like becoming better or this journey of self-actualization, whatever you want to call it, to me, what I've discovered that to be, because even that, like the journey itself changes uh, as you go through this journey, at least that's been my experience, has become to me about becoming my authentic self, going back to who I was as a child, being free, being joyous, being happy, being giving, being caring, because that's who we are. That's who we are born to be. And somewhere along the lines, you know, with things like education or media or society, you can look at all these different things, not to be victims of that, but to recognize that these things shape us in a way where we lose joy, 
we lose love, we lose creativity, we lose all these things. And at the same time, we are socialized to believe things like animals are food. Animals are here for us. We have the right to exploit animals. This whole earth exists for us. And as we learn these two things simultaneously, on one hand that, you know, animals are here for us and that we lose joy, we lose love, and we become dead inside as these two things come together, they work really well together to kind of keep us in this place where societally we keep exploiting animals as a whole and we keep, uh, you know, as consumers contributing to a thing that I believe most of us would disagree with instinctively. And if most of us saw what happened inside a slaughterhouse, if most of, if most of us saw what happened inside a factory farm or even, you know, had to kill an animal, an animal ourselves, it's probably not something we want to do. Most of us would probably not want to see an animal being killed in front of us. And that being the case, we stand idly when it's happening behind closed doors. And I don't believe it's because we're bad people. But again, I believe it's because, you know, through the society that exists today, again, not to be victims of that, just to recognize it, we are taught to lose joy and love and peace. And we are taught these lessons about what the world is and what is normal. Um, so that's kind of like my journey and, uh, you know, like where I am, where I am today. And even th- talking about, you know, becoming a better person and uh, this journey of personal development, that's also what allows me to constantly become a better activist. You know, like one feedback that I get sometimes is that I kind of popped on the scene, like, you know, even though like I'm not big by any means, but like I have grown and I have been able to achieve things that I, I didn't even think it would happen that fast. But the reason that happened was because I'm on this journey of improving myself as a person, of understanding the world the way that it actually is, of understanding how people work, of understanding how I can become a better communicator, of understanding how I can be more charismatic, how I can be more enrolling, how I can talk to people and all these different things. You know, I'm constantly thinking about that, constantly acting on that. And to me, you know, becoming better as a person, this journey of personal development, of self-actualization is not only really intricately tied to becoming vegan, because to me, that's a huge part of it. It's intricately tied to being an activist uh, because being an activist is not easy. You know, like it's, it's not like, like changing the world is not an easy thing. If it were easy, then the world would be a much better place, but it's not. So that being the case, it's very difficult. We have to constantly push ourselves. We have to constantly elevate ourselves and become the type of people who are going to launch ourselves into uncomfortable situations such that when we have the opportunity to have an outreach conversation, when we have the opportunity to speak up or do, do something, we actually do it. And we do it uh, not without fear. It doesn't mean that we're not that we're fearless, it means that even though we have that fear, we do it anyways. And we come from a place where we look at our vision first. What is our vision? Let's act in accordance with that. And that is something that's very difficult to do. That's what leaders do. And, you know, in order to do that, in my experience, at least, I have to constantly check myself. I have to constantly elevate myself and become better as a person. Wow. And, you know, you are such an inspiration to me. When I met you, I just energetically felt like you have something very special. And, you know, I want what you have. I'm learning from you um, because I just love what you said about it's a journey of self-discovery and self-growth within us Mm -hmm. to become more compassionate ourselves. Um, That's a really beautiful thought. So, It's not just going out there and lecturing people and saying, you do this, you do this, you do this. It's about us elevating ourselves to a point where we're um, we're vibrating and communicating on uh, on such a level that people will hear us. And there is a tremendous frustration 
uh, when we show people evidence and say, look, all the male chicks are ground up. People say, you know, well, look, eggs, that doesn't hurt anybody. Mm -hmm. They don't have to die, Mm -hmm. but they do because the industry does not need male chicks. So they literally, literally grind up all the male chicks right after birth. There are numerous videos of this on the internet, on social media. You can find it. Just look, just Google baby chicks ground alive. Now, uh, you know, that's morally reprehensible. Mm-hmm. Uh, you tell people that and they go, oh, that's terrible. When they proceed to order eggs, it is frustrating. So what I've said to myself is, no, I've got to improve my message. I've got to improve my message such that people can hear, people can wake up. And it is a challenge because there's so much conditioning and brainwashing going on in our society. Mm-hmm. As somebody said, and by the way, if I drop off for a second and are not on this, it's because I'm asking people to join our conversation and I'm sharing this video. So take a moment while I talk to share the video with your friends and those of you watching and listening, share this because we have 7.6 billion human beings on this planet. We cannot talk to them individually one-on-one about this. I mean, there's just too many people. So we need to use social media to get the word out and have group conversations. And yeah. also, if you want to ask Ryuji a question, you can actually call us at 866-472-5795. And we are also getting comments coming in via Facebook because we simulcast this Voice America Influencers radio show on Facebook. So now that I've explained to you why I disappear from time to time, uh, let me say that I just love the way you communicate. It It's attractive. And you know what they say about, for example, 12-step, attraction, not promotion. In other words, people should look at us and say, we want to be like you, mm-hmm. not, well, you're a terribly angry person. Uh, yeah. You know, let me get away from you as fast mm-hmm. as I can. But how do we navigate that? Yeah. Because we're, we're angry because there's an injustice. Mm-hmm. In other words, somebody uses this great analogy. If your house was on fire and somebody is trying to wake you up and say, wake mm-hmm. up, get out, your house is on fire. Mm-hmm. Do you criticize the person who's shaking the person and trying to save uh, save their life for being too loud? And that's what's happening in our society. People are saying to people who are saying, wake up. Animal agriculture is literally destroying the planet. Mm-hmm. We are 7.6 billion humans. We killed in the most recent year, 74 billion, 74 billion Chickens, cows, turkeys, pigs, lambs, goats, farm animals, so-called farm animals that are actually being warehoused in concentrated feeding operations called CAFOs, notably North Carolina, for example, where three and a half million animals were left to drown in warehouses and the so-called farmers described them as live inventory and wanted to keep them According to some reports, and I invite anybody who was involved in any company related to this on any time to discuss this, but the theory was that, you know, you can't get an insurance write-off if your animals are scattered here, there, and everywhere. So if you keep them contained, you can do a head count, and then you can get your insurance write-off. These animals weren't given the chance to escape, and those who did escape, the pigs who did escape, who were found by uh, rescuers, animal groups that went in there, 
They were contaminated, these pigs. They could not be slaughtered legally for people to consume because they had been swimming in contaminated, manure-filled, uh, chemical-filled waters. Still, the police made the rescuers who were going to take them to a sanctuary turn them back over to the farmer. Why did the farmer want them? Well, it's their live inventory so they can get a tax write-off. But when you have reduced a living being who had a mother, who has a heart, who has feelings, who knows terror, who dreams, just like our dogs dream, these animals dream. When you reduce that being to mere inventory, okay, that is not even considered a victim anymore, cannot even be considered a victim to be rescued. We have crossed over into a morally reprehensible, hellish uh, existence that will come back to haunt us and is coming back to haunt us. Because the tragic irony of it all is that it's animal agriculture that is creating the climate change that is producing these more frequent century storms happening every couple of years now that is devastating the people who are eating animals. I, I want you to talk about that a little bit, Ryuji. Yeah, I mean, I think you touched upon so many important points mm-hmm. in this whole spiel. You kind of like uh, touched on different areas of this, but uh, you know, a couple things that I want to address is first of all, one thing that Jane said really, really early on, it was, you know, before she met me, one thing that attracted her to me was my energy. That's what, that's what she said. And she was like, you know, because you didn't even really hear what I was talking about. I was like vlogging, like it was at a vigil or something like that. And you didn't even hear what I was talking about. uh, But you came up to me. And I think that is, I think it's so important that we talk about this in our community. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you why. I think it's so important because, you know, there are different levels of kind of like seeing life or looking mm-hmm. at different things. And this applies to everything, but, <laughs> but, um, you know, you can look at things in terms of what you're having, doing, or being, mm-hmm. but for being simple, let's look at it from doing and being a lot of people. When they think about activism, they think about what they can do. But what I think is really important to recognize that yes, doing is important. Of course, but what proceeds, what we do is who we are being. And mm-hmm. like you said, if we're not communicating in a way that's not, landing with people, I believe we have to check who we are being in that moment. I think this is so, so, so important. You are saying something so, so profound. We have a caller, Sarah from West Hollywood. What do you have to say, Sarah? Hi, Ryuji. Hey, Sarah. I'm so happy you're on today. I Thank wanted you. to say I really love your approach. I did a life coaching yesterday, and I really love your approach about just leading by example, love-based approach, no, you know, calling people, you know, carnists and, and all this name-calling, and just approaching people with this peaceful, live-by-example. I really love that because a lot of people, you know, they think that I'm in my 30s, and I'm really not, you know. I'm a lot older than that, but I just say, oh, you know, this is my I do, you know, and I think it's better when you approach people with a love-based mm. movement and approach than, you know, in the past where I was an angry vegan a lot. And I think it's just worked so much better for me personally. I don't know how you feel, Ryuji, but me, draw, I, I met you at a veg fest and immediately, you know, I was like, here, talk to all these people. Like, they're amazing. And then it just went from there. Sarah, I think you're absolutely right. It's contagious. 
I, I have been trying also working, trying to be less angry. You know, it's so hard when you think of, um, gosh, um, three and a half million beings that are just like little Rico here, just like little Rico. In fact, pigs are, have a higher IQ, but IQ should not determine whether or not we torture an animal. Left to drown. It broke my heart. It, it, it just, it, it hit me in a way, the way, the way it was approached and the way the media couldn't say anything about these animals drowning, except that, well, it's going to be a financial burden on the farmers. They're not even farmers at this point. If you keep animals trapped by the thousands in warehouses, um, that's not farming. That's warehousing living beings. It's not good for us, and it's destroying you know, areas of North Carolina because all these animals produce manure. North Carolina is the second most... Um, the second largest pig manufacturing uh, state in the nation after Iowa and all these manure lagoons that are overflowing are just, imagine if you live near one of these places and an ocean of manure came in to your home, how would you feel? So it's hurting people as well. Uh, I want to say we're getting a lot of comments coming in on Facebook. Uh, Star Elliott shared on my wall and in my groups and other groups. Thank you, Star. Jill O'Hara, Dawn of You Eat Animals, You Get Cancer, from animals. Animals don't have cancer. So can so, I just jump in real quick and yeah. respond to Sarah? Yeah. So Sarah, thank you so much for joining. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for the kind words as well. Um, you know, I think there, you, you said something that's really important, which is lead with love. And I think that's really important because when you look at our movements, when you look at being an activist, uh, there are two ways that like I've kind of thought about it, at least in my time, you know, trying to make a difference. And one way is, which I see actually a lot of people doing. I see this a lot, especially on social media, um, which I think can happen for many reasons, but it doesn't matter. The point is I see a lot of people putting other people down or shaming or focusing on the negative or look, or saying like, look how horrible this is. And, you know, and, and what that is saying is let's move away from this. Let's stop this. Let's end this. But the way that I like to talk about it, or, you know, I, I mean, I, and this is a very nuanced topic. But this is just a general way of thinking about it. The way that I think about the movement is when, when people, more and more, when people say, what do you want? What is your vision? I stopped saying, I want to end animal exploitation. I used to say that actually. But what I say now is I want to create peace. Mm. Because when you create something, you're moving towards something. I want to create a world of peace, of love. It's not about ending something because if you look at it and it's the same thing with like life and, and growing as a person, for example, you know, one thing that uh, I believe we shouldn't do is we shouldn't be victims of our circumstances and we should be responsible for our lives. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can look at it as let's stop being a victim or you can look at it as, Hey, let me be a leader. Let me be responsible. So instead of going away from this thing at the bottom, you know, because to escape the thing at the bottom, you just have to be here. I'm like, let's move the way, let's move all the way up here. Yes. And that's where I speak from. So when I talk to people, I'm not like, you're horrible, get better. I'm like, hey, look at me. Come here with me. Let me elevate you with me. Oh, not, that's so beautiful. Not in an arrogant way, not in a, I'm better than you, but hey, let's all move up together. And that's how I think about being an activist. That's how I think about my life. That's how I think about making a difference in the world. Um, and that has really supported me. You know, not just like, as an activist, like online, but also like just in talking to people, like one-on-one, -on -one, yeah. like just like everything in life. 
That's um, why I love you so much. We have to take a quick break on the radio, but we're going to stay live on Facebook. You are talking to Ryuji Chua, Peace by Vegan. Stay right there. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. It's time to elevate yourself and your business to the next level. What are the secrets of business success? Discover them on Key Entrepreneurs of Influence with your host, Kieran Sweeney. Find out who the business owners are that stand out in their respective industries and what they can teach you. The program contains valuable advice that can cost thousands through a professional consultant. Key Entrepreneurs of Influence can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern time on the voice america influencers channel now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop take voice america on the go and listen anywhere get our mobile app for iphone blackberry or android at the apple itunes app store blackberry app world or android market you are listening to jane unchained to reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Okay, we're back on Voice America Influencers Radio, and I want to always give a shout out to Voice America for giving us an opportunity to t- discuss these topics, which are verboten in most of mainstream media. Indeed, uh, we held a news conference in North Carolina a couple of days ago uh, calling for the end of CAFOs. It was a coalition of many different groups, environmental, food justice, uh, animal groups. The media came, videotaped it, and did not show it. That's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with a complete mainstream media news blackout, at least in the United States. Parts of Europe are better. But um, uh, So thank you, Voice America, for giving us the opportunity to talk about these subjects. So how do you negotiate that? I was shamed into going vegan. You're saying don't shame people. Address it, Ryuji. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's not a black and white issue for the simple reason that people are individuals. And being it the case that people are individuals, everyone's going to be touched by something different at a different time in their lives. I mean, it's just, it's not even like every person. It's like, yeah, for me, different things would resonate with me at different times in my life just because I'm a growing person. I move through time and space in my life and et cetera, et cetera. So everyone's different. So, you know, I can't obviously speak for everyone. Here's what I will say though. What I have seen is I've seen it happen both ways. I have seen people, for example, my journey, like I described earlier was I improved the circumstances in my life. I found happiness within myself and then I was able to care about the outside world. That's how it happened for me. Mm. For you, I'm guessing, so let me know if this corresponds. I'm guessing that you may have been shamed in that moment, uh-huh. but becoming vegan has 
push you to become a better person. Oh God, yes. I right. mean, so, look, my my transformation. I got sober 23 years ago. I was a lush. Um, I was a functioning, high functioning alcoholic, as they say. I'm still an alcoholic. All you get is a daily reprieve. There's no cure. Once a pickle, never again a cucumber, as they say. <laughs> um, but then I realized once I didn't have alcohol to submerge my feelings, I had to come out. I realized I was gay. I Listen, I gave it the, co- the old college try, trying to be heterosexual. Trust me. But as soon as I didn't have the alcohol to uh, suppress my feelings, it, it just came out. There's nothing I could do about it. And uh, then I went vegan. So those were that's my journey. And so I always put sobriety first because without mm-hmm. sobriety, I wouldn't be doing I wouldn't be talking to you right now. Yeah. I, yeah. And uh, then being true to myself. Uh, but veganism was a third miracle. I call it a miracle because it changed everything for me. And, and this is why it's so important to wake people up. Like somebody called me the other day. They were feeling blue. And they were really down and they just called me. And I felt that it was a tremendous gift that they called me. Mm-hmm. And they said, I don't know what to do. And I said, have you tried not killing? Just stop killing for a few days. And, well, that person couldn't wait to get off the phone. Maybe there's a better way to send that message. But what I was trying to say is, look, I covered crime for many years, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Criminals who kill, unless they're sociopathic, feel guilt. They will be haunted by killing a human being. Mm -hmm. They'll wonder, well, what happened to their family? And, oh, my God, what did I do that? I made a mistake. They'll sometimes revisit the scene of the crime. That's that's a cliche, but it actually happens a lot. And uh, so they're they're haunted. Okay. well, because you're killing other beings that just don't happen to be human, you think you're not haunted. Society is telling you, you don't have to worry about it. You get a pass on killing those beings. It's okay. Don't they don't count. But they do. And your subconscious mind is far more powerful than your conscious mind. Your subcon- most, of, most of what we do is guided by the subconscious. So subconsciously, you're haunted by it. You don't think you are consciously because the brainwashing is telling you, you know, the 15,000 commercials and everything else that you're inundated with subliminally equating eating animals, which is making some people very rich who are already very rich. You know, upward mobility, family values, masculinity, femininity, uh, uh, patriotism, the whole nine yards. They know how to exactly how to target you. So, you know, your conscious mind is saying it's OK. It's fine. Nothing's wrong. But your subconscious mind, your 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 deep reptilian brain knows you're killing and it does have an impact. There ain't no such thing as a free lunch, especially when it involves a dead animal. You pay. In different ways. Mm-hmm. And I think you bring up something that's really important. When you talk about the, the subconscious mind, like you said, you know, like an easy way to kind of like illustrate that is the fact that, you know, how like when sometimes you consciously know you have to do something, but you don't do it, that's because your subconscious mind is running you in that moment. But anyways, because what you said is, you know, like, um, yeah, like what's happening is horrible. And I think it's really interesting because think about that experience when that person said liquid meat. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, any experience, because one thing that I've noticed uh, that I, that's where I was going to go before I left off mm-hmm. is that what I've seen is that most people and let me know if this is your experience too. most people that I know that have gone vegan or that are now vegan for the animals started that journey because they saw the cruelty, because they saw the way that animals are treated and they disagreed with that more so than inherently disagreeing with the fact that animals should not be exploited at all. That's what I found. 
I, I like I know I can't even think of anyone off the top of my head who they were. Well, actually, I can think of a couple of people, but they're like the exception more so than the rule. I can think of barely anyone who basically they were not vegan, and one day they were like, you know what? We shouldn't exploit animals. What <laughs> yeah, I've seen a lot that's is, a hypothetical. But what I've seen a lot is people be like, I've seen a video inside a dairy farm. I've seen a video of a hatchery. I've heard about this cruelty that happens. I disagree with the way that they are treated. That's what I've seen. Well, Gabe Aurea said, I turned my old non-vegan friend vegan last week. And it started by sharing one of these videos of Jane Unchained in North Carolina. That was the seed. And then I told him about Dominion. And then he saw Cowspiracy and what the health. And now he's vegan making the transition. So believe Thank you. And that, you know, that makes me so happy because all of our work here, we're a nonprofit. Uh, people say, how, how are you monetizing this? I go, well, how did they monetize the Underground Railroad? Hello, it's not about making money. There are other things that are important in life other than making money. Uh, that's another part of our, our society that we need to address, but on another day. Um, but uh it makes me, it fills me with joy that somebody saw one of our videos and that led them on the journey to veganism. Yeah. I hear that all the time. Um, so we're not always angry, but sometimes we're angry. And, and, here, and, here, and here's the thing that's, that's really important because, you know, as that person, like, I'm not sure which North Carolina video uh, that person was talking about, but even look at like, you know, then that person went to see Dominion after that. Mm. And again, it's about the cruelty. Now, what's really interesting is that you know, because someone says something in a certain way to you, because information is presented to you, you might interpret it a certain way. It doesn't mean that it was meant that way. So in other words, you feeling shamed in that moment might have had to do with them shaming you. But here's the thing. Someone could shame me now and I might not experience it that way because it doesn't affect me because I don't, I don't care. But because that feeling of shame comes from you being uncomfortable because it's uncovering, like you said earlier, how like you're, you subconsciously disagree with this. Yes. It flushed that up to the surface. Yes. Because it put a spotlight on that. And I think that's what like a lot of this information is doing. Now, see, because I think that, you know, like people could misinterpret this because when I say, you know, don't be angry or stuff like that, maybe people think that I mean, don't uh, show animal cruelty. And the thing is like, I'm not against showing animal cruelty at all. I know that on my Instagram feed, I don't show a lot of animal cruelty. I have different reasons for doing that. Anyways, but I talk about it more, more so now because I've seen so many people turn because of animal cruelty. Yeah. When people message me and they say, I went vegan because I started content, I ask them why. And they say, because you opened my eyes to the cruelty. So I'm like, okay, the cruelty, I'm going to go that route. And I think what it's doing is that when you outline the cruelty, you know, because when I, I also like put it out in a very neutral way, some, and, and so, here's the thing, some people take it like I'm shaming them. Mm -hmm. Some people take it like I'm, I'm making them wrong. Mm -hmm. Some people take it that way. The information is neutral, but they take it that way. Mm. What it's doing is it's shedding light mm. on this thing that's making them uncomfortable. Yes. How people interpret that feeling of discomfort depends on them, depends on their past experiences, so on and so forth. And so I have no control over that. But when it gets interpreted in, 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 in a certain way, it can lead to change. And somebody told me, actually our guest last week, uh, Kristen D'Amato, who is brilliant and also talks about this. Um, she told me, I, I asked her, why is it so hard and so frustrating to convince people that you know? And she said, because it's personal and because it's more, I may be misinterpreting what she said, but what I took away was that it's easier for them to take it personally as a personal affront. And then they become shame-based. And then 
they become resistant. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you're talking to a stranger or somebody, you know, just very, you know, casually, they're not going to take it as personally. Mm -hmm. So that was really good because I have such frustration with people I've known for years who don't get it. And, you know, they've, they've been exposed to everything. And now I'm going to take my energy away from that because I realize it's not just my message. It's the fact that message is coming for me, close friend or relative or somebody. So stop wasting so much time trying to convert your friends, your close friends and your relatives and go after just the low hanging fruit, people who are open to this idea for whatever reason, um, whether it's they've just lost somebody to heart disease, uh, they have health problems, they uh, have seen, uh, they, they love dogs. You know, I mean, the irony is there are people running around calling themselves animal lovers. Oh, I love animals. No, they love dogs or cats, but they're killing. Um, well, the average American kills a couple of hundred yeah. animals a year or more. Here, here's where I think that can go wrong, like really quickly talking to that kind of person, because I understand so deeply how frustrating it can be when someone says I'm an animal lover and yet eats animal products. Mm -hmm. Because to us as vegans, that can seem like the deepest form of hypocrisy. That's literally like saying, and I'm not saying my perspective. I am saying literally that is like saying I love people, but I kill people. That, that, that is what it is by based on results because those people are saying I love animals, but by eating a burger, they're paying for a cow to be killed. They're by their actions saying that, hey, I love animals, but you know what? At the end of the day, me enjoying this burger is more important than that cow's life. So I understand how it can be so frustrating to experience this. That being the case, here's the question that I invite you to ask yourself is when you get frustrated in this situation or any analogous situation, how does that support you in having a productive dialogue. If you study things like communication, if you read a book like Crucial Conversations, that's all about having conversations, uh, having high stakes conversations in, uh, in, in a context where emotions can get really high. So this is perfect for outreach because this is exactly what outreach is. But it says that two elements of having a productive dialogue is one, having a relationship of respect, of mutual respect, mm -hmm. and having a common goal. Mm. So the conversation is a win-win. Wow. Because we have to look at things from the other person's perspective. And I think it's, it's really interesting because, you know, for us, we think about the perspective of the animals that we're fighting for. That is actually the reason why we're vegan in the first place. It's, it's, not, because, it's not because we believe it's wrong. It's because animals are suffering. I think that's something that we have to clarify. And I think that it's something that I clarify a lot with people in my life when people, you know, for example, express that, oh, you know, I don't want to make you feel sad by eating this in front of you. And they're taking it personally because yeah. they think it's, it's them. Like, oh, if you go into another room and eat it, the animals still die. Right. Exactly. I'm like, it upsets me anyways. <laughs> it's not because you're doing it. You're not upsetting me. It's upsetting me that this animal died. Like that, that's what's upsetting me. And I think it's really important that we keep clear with that. But what I was going to say is that with what you said earlier, with taking it personally, we have to always look at conversations and interactions from both people's points of views. We have to understand how the person that we're talking to is feeling what they are thinking so we can communicate with them in a way that makes sense to them. When we get frustrated, it's so easy to be, to be really selfish and be like, this is what I want to say. This is what I mm -hmm. think. Yeah. And this is what, but, but it doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And what happens is that in the same way that, you know, when say people who are, because of course, like you said, it's harder with people who are close to us. I understand that my family's Asian, you know, like for 20 years of my life, I didn't say I love you to my family. So 
it's, you know, it's not been easy to communicate with my family. That being the case, you know, I understand that it's, it's very easy to take things personally when, for example, you know, I talk to them about things and then they still eat animal products. I'm like, well, you know, does it mean that you, you just, you're basically like disregarding me and like, you think that like, you know, and I take it personally. Yes. But what's really important to understand also is that in many cases, when we are talking to them, they are also taking personally what yes. we are saying to That's them. That's exactly what Kristen D'Amato said is don't waste your energy on family and friends because the personal dynamic between you is so powerful that it's going to basically poison the message. Work on people you don't know because they can hear you more easily. And the thing too is that, that feeling of frustration that you might feel when you're talking to people who are close to you, that is the exact same feeling that they are feeling as well. <laughs> Yes. And I think it's important In to fact, understand that. I invited a friend to go to a vigil. There were vigils here and all around the world, 500 vigils uh, where people go to a slaughterhouse as pigs are going to slaughter and we bear witness. And that's where I met Ryuji at the downtown um, pig slaughterhouse. And we offer comfort, love, and water. And we bear witness. This is based on the SAVE movement founded by Anita Krines, who based it on Tolstoy's philosophy that when you see suffering, you have a moral obligation not to turn away, but to get closer, see if you can help, and at the very least, bear witness. And um, so I invited a friend, and her reaction was just one of extreme irritation, and I don't have time for that, and you're so traumatized by all of this, as if, like... I'm some kind of damaged person because I am willing to bear witness. So obviously the personal interaction there was twisting the message all around. I was offended. She was offended. And we haven't discussed it since. Mm -hmm. So I'm leaving those people out of the equation. I'm going after people I don't know because it's just too much. But um, we're going to take a brief break. I think we have one more break. And we're going to stay live on Facebook and uh, let's do that. And we're going to wrap it up. How do we become more effective communicators to save the world? We've only got eight years before all wildlife vertebrates. That means all wild animals with bones will be have been destroyed by animal agriculture. We need to switch to a plant-based world by 2026 to save this planet from ecological collapse. You won't hear it on the news because look at the advertisers, meat, dairy, and pharmaceuticals, the three industries that would suffer the most if we switched to a healthy plant-based diet that was good for the planet. Um, stay right there. We're going to be right back with Ryuji, Peace by Vegan. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Broaden your mind. Open your heart for a greater understanding of how to express your pure and authentic nature. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Simron. Author, publisher, and life mentor broadens minds and opens hearts to a greater understanding of life, consciousness, and humanity. 1111 Talk Radio is every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. 1111 Talk Radio. You are not on a journey. You are the journey. You are experience experiencing itself. 
It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All right. Welcome back. We're with Ryuji Chua, also known as Peace by Vegan, a very wise young man. You said you were 24. That blows. 22. 22. 22. I lost two years since the start of the show. Oh, my God. It blows my mind because he's so wise. He also is just a reader, like the, the number of books that he reads to inform himself. So, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to come up with the, what's the magic bullet? I don't want to use the word bullet. What's the magic formula to get people to wake up and to realize that there is this beautiful world out there that doesn't involve killing and really that life is not a zero-sum game. We don't need to kill to survive. It's, it's that simple. And the world is getting to the point where we're getting to this point where either we have to make the change or we're going to have an environmental catastrophe because even though you don't hear it on the news, the leading cause of climate change is animal agriculture. The leading cause of habitat destruction is, is animal agriculture. The leading cause of wildlife extinction is animal agriculture. The leading cause of human world hunger is animal agriculture. I mean, I could go on and on. The leading cause of the 15 leading killers of human beings from cancer to heart disease. Animal agriculture is the leading contributor to all those things. And you can reverse and prevent a lot of those diseases with a plant-based diet. So for those people, here's the thing that I like to leave you with a very challenging question. Mm -hmm. For those very smart people who've mastered all the nuances of the Russia investigation, but they can't make the obvious connection. I'm talking about the New York Times, MSNBC, all these, you know, people who are in other ways just exemplary, but they can't make the connection between animal agriculture and all the terrible things that are happening. You could discuss healthcare ad nauseum, but God forbid you start discussing why people are sick. You know, it doesn't happen or you're cut off. We can't talk about the connection between animal agriculture and these storms. They'll talk about the manure lagoons, but they're not even making the connection. Manure lagoons wouldn't exist if we didn't have millions of pigs that were producing, um, you know, uh, which is also a leading cause of cancer because processed meat is cancer causing. Why do you think these smart people can't make this connection or don't want to? Speciesism, straight up. Yeah. I really think, here's, here's the thing. Imagine that instead of all these other animals, one day they were just, they, they turned into dogs. Mm-hmm. How quickly would everything shut down? Everything would shut down. How immediately. quickly? Immediately it would shut down. <clears throat> so to me, that is, that is one thing. And also if you want to understand this, 
uh, or at least understand one facet of it, I would really recommend a book called All Marketers Are Liars, written by Seth Godin. I talk about this book all the time, but it really answers the question that you asked, which is, why is it that even though people are so smart, they don't make the connection? And what Seth Godin talks about in the book, All, All Marketers Are Liars, he basically talks about the idea that as human beings, we gravitate towards stories, not facts. Mm-hmm. And for example, here's an example that's really, really telling. Mm-hmm. There was this uh, wine glass brand. I think it's like Riedel wine glasses. Whatever. Yeah. We don't want to mention brand names. And, okay. So there's this wine. And, and basically what this guy did is he built this huge brand around wine glasses where the story was wine will taste better in this wine. <laughs> in this glass. In this glass. <laughs> and, and but here, here's what happened. Wine experts around the world actually believe that wine tastes better in those glasses. They actually believe this, even though double blind tests prove them wrong. They still stand behind the statement that wine tastes better in or, this wine glass. Or to use the animal agriculture story uh, where we bear witness to the pigs going to slaughterhouse slaughter is a giant slaughterhouse that without mentioning the name, there are murals all around the slaughterhouse of pigs frolicking and playing with children and rolling in the grass and literally smiling. And then when we see the pigs, they're terrified. They are um, shaking. They are dehydrated. They are clearly distressed. So you have this false narrative that is being painted out there in literally painted in a mural, but it's also in TV commercials. It's also in, I mean, how many people have you said, well, I'm very careful about what I eat. Oh, I only eat free range. It's, it's such nonsense because a, all the animals have to be trucked to slaughter and slaughtered. And if they're slaughtered on site, it's even worse. We've done undercover investigations and the concept of free range is literally they've replaced uh, cages of steel with uh, cages of flesh. Like they're packing them in these warehouses and they just remove some barriers. It's, it's all nonsense. You can't kill an animal that who doesn't want to die and, and say that it's done nicely. I mean, think about yourself. If I said to you, okay, you know what? I'm hungry. I'm going to eat you. And let's say it was legal. Um, I'm going to kill you nicely. I'm still going to kill you and I'm going to eat you. You think you're going to say, oh, yeah, hey, sign me up. No. So it's just marketing. It's a marketing scam. And so how do we how do we address that too? these stories, these stories that people eagerly soak up because they want to believe they're eating humane meat or or grass fed beef or or all of this nonsense? We tell a different story. Here's here's the thing, because what happens is as we learn certain stories, the human mind will block out anything that's against that. In the same way that, you know, earlier with the wine glasses, the wine experts, they could be confronted with actual studies. They'll still be like, no, they'll stand behind that because they believe that. So when you believe something, you'll find evidence to back it up. So to explain that situation real quick, for example, with the murals and the media and everything that portrays farms as a place that's green pastures, blue skies, happy animals, et cetera, et cetera. Because we learn that that's what a farm is, what happens is that as we go through life, we seek more and more evidence to back that up. And many people have years, perhaps decades of subjective evidence that that is what a farm is. And so for people, it's very difficult to, you know, it's very difficult to tell someone that their story is wrong. Mm. What we can do, though, is tell a different story. Yes. This, again, this is what, this is what Seth Godin talks about in, in All Markers Are Liars. He outlines it a lot better than I can, I, I can talk about it right now. But the point is, you know, 
here's what we have to understand. In the same way that if we tell people you are wrong about what you believe, they will feel the exact same way. Imagine I told you right now, you know, you just, you just said all these things <laughs> about like the pigs and everything. You're wrong. Mm-hmm. And like how it would be impossible for you to believe that, that, that yes. feeling, not, not because, not because of what's right. factually correct, right. but like that subjective feeling that you have. Imagine right. like you tell me like millions of animals are dying. And I'm like, that's not true. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, you would never, you would never believe me. Right. That is how people feel when we tell them that they are wrong. It doesn't mean that they're right. It just means that's how they feel. So we have to understand that because. But how do we get around that? We only have one minute or two minutes left before the end of this. Okay. So to me, I try to tell a different story. Like you said, like the whole thing is a scam. Like I try, like I try to understand people. Everyone's different, but I try to understand people and be like, okay, what's going to resonate with them. And I try to be like, align myself with what they want. For example, if they want to be a better person, if they want to be a, see a better world, which most people want, Mm -hmm. I'm like, Hey, check this out. This is a way that you can create a better world. And mm-hmm. this can be by showing cruelty too. Yeah. Like this is more of the cruelty, but it's yeah. really aligning the message with worldviews that people already have. Mm-hmm. So that it's, it'll be a story that's appealing to them. Wow. You are brilliant. I love you, Ryuji. Seth Godin is brilliant. All Marcos no, are liars. That's what you're, that You're taking that all is. this, all this information, you're distilling it and you're coming up with a game plan. So, um, by the way, Ryuji, myself, and a whole group of activists are going to Arizona uh, later this month for Vegan World 2026. Dr. Selesh Rao, who was instrumental in the development of the internet, and then who split from Al Gore after three years of trying to convince Al Gore to discuss animal agriculture's impact on the environment, which is the really inconvenient truth, is uh, holding a um, conference where we are going to create the infrastructure for a world of normalized nonviolence. And what Dr. Selesh Rao says, it's possible. It's called Vegan World 2026. You can go to climatehealers.org and look at the events and sign up. We are going to be broken down into groups and we are going to tackle different aspects of what it would take to create a world of normalized nonviolence. When we stop killing all these animals, a lot of other violence that we accept as, well, horrible, but it happens, is going to you know, fall away. We're talking about war and violent crime. When we start realizing that life isn't a zero-sum game and we don't need to kill to survive. And I'd like to say that this happens to be the year anniversary of the horrific uh, mass shooting in Las Vegas. I was at the Las Vegas Veg Fest and I drove by that concert and I said to my girlfriend, maybe we should have gone. And when we got on the plane and landed back in LA, we found out that um, what was it? I, I don't want to get the stats wrong. 58 people have been killed and a hundred and uh, 500 injured. I mean, it was, I have to look up the stats, but we can't even appreciate stats. I actually met a couple of the people on the way down to Las Vegas. Um, it was so horrifying. It got wrenching and we could have been there and killed. Uh, this is a world of normalized violence and we've got to switch it and flip it to a world of normalized nonviolence. And the greatest numbers, just statistically, of living beings that are being killed are farm animals uh, for food. And clearly, it's, it's not necessary, and it's destructive in so many ways. Let's find a way to wake the world up. Thank you so much for listening. And go to climatehealers.org and check out uh, Vegan World 2026. You might want to be a part of this incredible event to create a world of normalized nonviolence. Thank you, Ryuji. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Peace by vegan. Check him out. Thank you. 
Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week. Thank you.